Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? Hello. What's up there, brother? <laughs> Jeez, that scared me. I was, I was like, what? I, I didn't, didn't know you what didn't, to do. You, you didn't catch my greeting? <laughs> that put you like a deer in the headlights for a second. It did. I was like, uh. <laughs> That's all I can hear. Did I, like I did I, I accidentally give, I, call him? Or? No, like I seriously was. I gave my customary greeting. You know, what are you, hey buddy? What are you doing? And then there's nothing. There's breathing. Like, oh, God, I didn't hear that. Okay, well, wait, stop, stop. Ready? Okay, go. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? Hey there, brother. What's going on? Brother? <laughs> So yes, another beautiful. Your brother's uh, another... listening to this a month from now, saying, "What's going on? Right. <laughs> what, the hell is, what, the, what the hell is happening? What is this?" <laughs> yeah. So uh, another, another, uh, another beginning to another, another week. Episode fifty three. Fifty three here on the uh, <laughs> here on the, uh, the the wonderful internet radio airwaves or whatever it is, uh, digital technology something or other ones and zeros right ones and zeros uh, the uh ones and zeros brought to you by the weepy right <laughs> the weepy <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah so uh, uh getting the getting the show off to a, a little bit of a delayed start today um they literally don't know that, by the way. No, I know they don't know that, but I'm telling them. <laughs> I'm telling them because I'm giving a shout out to Chris Sams. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, go ahead. I yep, it. Chris Sams, a good good friend of ours uh, that JB still works with, and he uh, he got uh, got promoted to to senior chief today. Pretty big E-8. deal, man. Yes, E-8. indeed. Yep. yep only, only one more to go. In the in only the one more to go. Call out the crazy eight. The crazy eight. That's right. You never <laughs> trust. An even numbered chief is what we. Ah, is that what it is? Here, well, there's here's only one. Even, yeah. There's only one even numbered chief, so we know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, and you know what happened? Seven, mm. eight, nine. Oh, <laughs> but uh, and even here's what's even crazier is that uh, there's in in our area there's four senior chiefs, right? Okay. Well, there's only 14 in the Navy, so like almost 30 percent of the of the senior ch- senior chiefs for the musician rate are in this area. Oh, isn't that insane? It is pretty in- incredible. Um, you know, for folks who aren't familiar with it, uh, you know, in the military, when we're when you're talking about these various ranks and and all that sort of thing, a lot of people are not necessarily familiar with the the term uh force shaping and by that just simply meaning that you know for every rank there's a certain number across whatever service it is of of service members who hold that rank 
And then obviously as you're going up the chain, that number is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it, it really is pretty amazing. I know that, uh, you know, for the Marine Corps, it's pretty wild. It's like, I can't even remember what the percentage is, but like the number of Marines who are Lance Corporals and below, meaning E1, E2, and E3, across the entire Marine Corps, I mean, those three ranks make up, it's something incredible. It's like 80-something percent or, or more of the actual Marine Corps. I mean, you, you think as you're going along and, you know, as you're ascending and, and you're, you know, you're gaining rank, sometimes it's hard to, it's, or I should say, sometimes it's easy to forget how many, uh, how many people there are just beneath you. Because the number is huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the Marine Corps, it's like, man, there's, you know, for every staff sergeant or every gunnery sergeant, mass sergeant, whatever on up the chain, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of these E3s and below running around. So, yeah, pretty special thing, though. I mean, and that thing, we've, we've probably mentioned before in the program, you know, it's you get these folks who, you know, they want to make a career out of the military and, you know, they say, oh, man, I'm going to stay until 30, whatever. There's no guarantee of that. Nope. And I mean, the number is that this is the top. Uh, you're like, if you make the rank of senior chief across the Navy, you're in the top three uh, percent. Yeah, absolutely. Of those who've joined, you're in the top three yep. percent. That's and that's incredible. I mean, to be able to get to that point is pretty amazing. Like I say, it's, uh, you know, a lot of folks would like to get there. But once you start getting up into those into those, you know, higher ranks, you know, for the for the Marine Corps, you know, once you're getting up into gunnery sergeant, master sergeant, I mean, it starts to become especially if you're in a small occupational field or, you know, what they refer to in the Navy as a rate. I mean, once you get up to those those levels, the you know the, depending on the size of your community it can become incredibly competitive and i mean and there are some people who just they get to a point where they realize that based on when they picked up a particular rank or whatever they realize that you know they they're never going to make they're never going to get to 30 it's just it's not enough time i mean you're technically supposed to put in an a certain amount of time for, for each rank before you're even eligible to be able to pick up the next one. And there's also what a lot of folks are probably not familiar with is that the, is that the department of defense uh, has uh, service limits. So, I mean, you can only, if you're, if if you're at a particular rank uh, and it's different for each service, but once, you know, once you start to get to 20, like, so for the Marine Corps, if you're a staff sergeant or an E6, I mean, you're, you can't serve past 20 years. You hit 20, you're going to go home. Unless you're able to get an exception to that policy approved, you're done, whether you want to stay or not. Yeah, uh, you know. It, and for the Navy, it's what, 22 for E6? Yes. Yeah. And 24 for 7, 26 yep. for 8, and 30 for 9. But, you yeah. know, and, and I always tell people, especially when I talk to people back home and stuff, it's like it doesn't feel... Like, you know, it's been that long. It's hard to believe, like, I, by the end of the week, I will have been in the Navy for uh, 23 years. Right. Over, over half my life. 
Well, yeah, and it doesn't. It I doesn't think that's one of the like things, that, man. It, it absolutely does right. not feel like that. And and I was like, you know what? I, I told somebody like I'm 45, but yesterday I was 22. Yeah, <laughs> like sure. Like, no, it, it goes really by does. fast. I mean, I, it's, Joining the navy, it's, it's kind. Of, <laughs> no, it is. It is kind of interesting because I mean, as with everything, it's kind of like with your marriage or you know whatever. I mean, Jennifer and I. Just this past Friday, we celebrated our 22nd anniversary. Congrats, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. The double deuce. Uh, but it, as with everything, it's kind of weird. It's like, it seems like I, I, like I can't believe that we've actually been married that long. But at the same time, I feel like I cannot even remember a time in my life when she wasn't here. I mean, it seems like, and it's the same thing with the military. Like, you served for 20 plus years. And you think like, my God, this flew by. But then you look back. I did. I know I have. I mean, I, I've looked back and it's like I think about my life before I joined the Marine Corps. And it seemed like it was somebody else's life. I honestly am sitting there thinking, like, did, was I really doing that? You know, like just it's crazy. But that's I mean, I think that's the nature with everything. It's the the dichotomy, if you will. The dichotomy. It's a great word. Um. But uh, no, but it's like I say, it's uh, that's I think that's a lot of people once you start getting up there uh, and 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 something else that a lot of folks are probably not aware of is that when you want to, you know, when you want to reenlist, even if you've only been in for four years, there's no guarantee that you even will be allowed to. I mean, it's it is a it is a privilege to be able to serve. It's a privilege because there's a certain number of people based on in the Marine Corps, it's what they refer to as boat spaces. So for every MOS and every rank within that MOS, they say, okay, well, uh, you know, there's only this many spots available. Uh, actually, I think that's just for first termers, but, you know, they say, okay, well, you know, there's only this many spots uh, for people to reenlist. And if we only have 80 spots and we get a hundred people who put up packages to reenlist, well, 20 of those people are going to be shit out of luck. Like whether you want to stay in or not, you're going home yeah, because we don't have enough spots. That's pretty hardcore for like Marine. Like it's not that bad uh, in the Navy though. We do have what's called a continuation board. Meaning you, do you have the opportunity to continue your service when you get any, and the older ranks, because sometimes when, when people get promoted to chief E7, uh, they kind of like, I've, I'm, they rest on their laurels. And, and then right. they, they don't want people, they want people striving upward mobility. You know, there, there's some things of course. That, that don't constitute that you like, you can't do uh, they, that are out of your control. But as long as you're not getting in trouble, you know, not getting fat and all that other stuff, then you can stay in. But they, they kick out like, between 1500 and 2000 people a year in that oh, yeah. continuation board so yep no it's the truth and like i say i mean that's why no matter what i mean they they really are are trying to impress on you the entire time like you need to stay competitive don't rest on your laurels do not think that anything here is guaranteed because it's not well and you know speaking of staying competitive Man, I tell you what, and I don't know if you saw my post or not about the Dallas Cowboys game. Oh, I saw the, uh, <laughs> I saw, I just saw the highlight of that. Somebody had shared it on Facebook. <laughs> for, for folks who, for folks who, 
who didn't see this explain? Well, so my so let me start at the beginning, right? My cousin, who is a year younger than me, went to her first Dallas Cowboys game. And she's posting pictures, you know, and their their stadium is is a sight to behold, even though uh, yesterday was the 11th anniversary of the stadium. I can't believe that stadium is 11 really, years old. Really, it's been that long. I know. It's wow, crazy. Wow, that's crazy. Crazy. Again, again, this is just what we were talking about, dude. It's the exact same thing. It's like, but I mean, when you think back to their old stadium, doesn't that seem like it was a long time ago that they were in their old stadium? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so she goes, and then in the first quarter of that game, the Cowboys had three t- turnovers, which the fa- Falcons like scored on. They tried uh, to do a fake punt; it didn't work. I uh, heard that was terrible. I heard and, it was laughable. And and I, I, my cousin, like had posted something. Was like, you need to leave right now. You're bad luck because it was their first oh, game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she just responded. Uh, with just an angry face, you know, and I'm like, right, right. And I'm, dude, I'm like the whole game. I'm cussed. Like they were down 19 points going into halftime. You know, I'm like this. I cannot believe this. We have a brand new coach. This is bullshit. And then they proceed to make this comeback. And it was, it was the, uh, it was the, almost the, Patriot-like. It, it 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 was almost paid. Yes, that that was even more like that. That comeback is in in the annals. Of, yes, that one lives history. Yes, it does. Like it does. that, no one will ever. That will ever ever like that is to me, uh, being the sports fan and you know that I am like that's probably one of the if not the greatest comeback. You're never gonna see that again. You're, you're never, ever. especially, you're... especially in those circumstances, in that circumstance of a championship, yeah. a championship game for the world title. You know, to to be able to to make a comeback, you'll never ever see that again. And this is not like the only thing I can think of to compare this to. And I'm gonna go way out there, dude. Okay. 1968 Olympics. And it was the uh, 800 meter, right? And there's an American that wins it. Okay. But see, I, I think his thing was more strategy than comeback, right? Because he didn't fall or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this dude was in last place for right. like, yeah, for the first two lap. Like, well, there's only two laps for the first lap in like 75 percent right. of the last one. And they're like, yep, there he goes. Yeah. Yeah. One and three quarters through the race. Place. Yeah. And, oh, and dude, then, it's, and it's he crazy. comes up and wins. It's crazy. And he's like wearing a ball cap. Nobody wears a ball cap when they're in the Olympics. And like, and everyone's like, what the hell is going on? But, anyways, but that's the same thing. Like with the Patriots, like they were like getting beat. And, and the resiliency of, of, and the calmness. Like, you know, you can tell they've been there before, right? <laughs> Not a lot of coaches. Yeah, your voice is your voice is getting very your voice is getting really robotronic. Oh, but but not not a lot of coaches <laughs> uh, or players have been there. Is it better? No, 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 no. And I, I yeah, and I think that I think that again, and I, I, I this isn't even being a homer. I mean, I think this is just you know giving you know giving 
praise where praise is due is that that really was a testament to the leadership of a player like Tom Brady, as much as people may hate him. And I know there's plenty of them out there, but the reality is, is as a quarterback in that circumstance to be able to maintain composure and, and he, and I think this is the thing that sets him apart has set him apart throughout his career uh, is that he's one of those players that, and it's crazy how this works because I've watched it for years. We all have is that the more pressure is applied, the more calm and focused he becomes. Yeah. The game slows yeah, down. I mean, it's like, it, it, it slows down for him. Exactly. Like you're in it's the matrix. Like you're, it's crazy. You're, you're watching it and you're thinking like, how in the world are you not just freaking out? I mean, allowing that we always talk about, allowing the moment to get the best of you. And he just never seems to allow that to happen. Unwavering. Yeah. I mean, it's unshakable. That's the amazing thing, you know, just, and we've all, and it's happened to him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there have been plenty of games. I mean, that I've watched where I've been like, Oh man, come on. Uh, But like you say, in that game in particular, it was just unbelievable to watch. I remember watching. I remember the cats by Edelman. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it's not just yes. Brady. It was the whole team. No. You know what I mean? Right. And it's, but it's, it's through him and his calmness, the you know, conduit. In this absolutely. They're, they're, they're feeding off of that. You know, they're focusing and not allowing the, you know, allowing themselves to be shaken. But anyway, I digress. So, 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 so the, the Cowboys game. in the second half put up 352 yards of offense. That, that's and insane. Even, and and let me tell you something. They're down 15 points in the fourth they fourth quarter. Yeah. 15 points. Fourth quarter. And granted it's at home, but there were some questionable, you know, they 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 got within uh two scores and McCarthy chooses to uh do, go for two when you score a touchdown yep. or you still got to score another touchdown go for two. Well, the analytics quotation marks say right of it's, course it's it's more favorable to go for the two prior in the first score than the second score and that's what he followed and they didn't get it so now it's 39 36 right with a minute 48 right one sure. minute 48 seconds left in the game and i'm trying to explain this to my son i was like the only thing because he he was he couldn't do the math uh in his head about between the clock and there being a minute 48 seconds left. And I'm like, no, all like the yep. game is done. If they receive the, the ball, all they have to do is kneel and it's over. So we have to do an onside kick. Right. And I haven't looked into sure. it. Apparently the, the rules of the onside kick has cha- have changed a little bit. Um, okay. But they, they line up and the, the kicker who's a brand new kicker from last year, from last year, um, isn't using a T and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, wow. What kind of a kick is he like? Wow. This is weird. Like special. Cause normally what they do is kick down on the ball. Sure. It'll, it'll, it'll spin right. and then it'll hop up Get really high hop. and then every, it's a jump ball and then whatever. Right. I'm, sure. I'm calling this yep. the turtle kick. Like some kind of like the turtle kick something, but this dude kicks it 
to where it's just kind of like spinning on the ground as a, like a top. On its on its Upright side, like a turtle on spinning on its back. Yeah. And for some reason, yeah. I don't know if the if the the Atlanta Falcons were mesmerized by how it was how slow it was moving and then that it was it it never moved like it just a path and once it got to 10 yards our guys just jumped on it and yeah well i mean in the in the highlight that i saw this morning i mean the big thing that the commentators were saying was just how absolutely terrible the defense um you know how bad, how terrible the defense, or the the defense was for the receiving team. Well, because they keep the on Falcons. saying, did they not know the rule that they can go and get it? It doesn't have to go ten yards for them. Right, ex- exactly. It's like they're they're waiting, like they're backing off, waiting for the ball now, to go so ten yards. In in their very very minute small defense, when you're in a situation like you don't you don't know how the ball is going to react. Right, and I guarantee if sure, that was of course. A, a real grass, it would have not spun like that. But because it was the fake ash, you know, yeah, turf, then it, it right, did right. that. So for them, I'm because they don't want to be the guy that gets close to it and then it does this weird jump up and it touches them and they don't grab it and then it, the defender grabs it. So when you're when you're saying the the kicker who. You're saying he didn't use a T. Did he just That's lay right. the ball down on its it, side? And it stayed on its side. Yeah, I've actually, I've it was actually like, seen woo, woo, that woo, woo, And it's just really uh, slow, dude. Right, right. It's just spinning, like you say, like yeah. it's spinning like a top. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's pretty so they crazy. Get, so I they mean, get the ball back uh, I mean, to finish this up. They get the ball back, and then we move it down, and Greg Zerline, they call him Greg the Leg, like, you know, a 48 yarder is like mm-hmm. a chip shot for him, right? And they get it to the 30 yard line. Where's it at? Right. 47 yards. Sweet. And then it's like, and, and no one had any timeouts. And that was the thing, too, is I was telling my sons, like, there's no timeouts. So they have to. And, and then we kick it, dude. Oh, yeah. 39 36, like, or 37, 39 37. Like, insane. Yep. Like, how, it was, 40, how it was a 47 yarder. Yeah. Okay. Not so but for not but a chip for shot. his leg. Like he, that dude kicks fifty eight, you know, yeah. yarders. Like, okay, I got it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean it is between it is that crazy. and I then mean... you know, they're gonna say, everyone's gonna say because there wasn't a preseason. But dude, the butcher came to pay like lot yesterday at, at, in the all of the NFL, because I'm real big into fantasy football. Dude. Like nine starters right. on the offense got injured <laughs> for for the uh, San Francisco 49ers and they still beat the Jets. <laughs> the quarterback, so the running back. I was watching dude, like, I was uh, dude, I, I was I was watching I was watching Fox News this morning and they're uh they're talking about all this political stuff going on, whatever. Uh and they ended up saying something. One of the guys ends up saying something about you know the NFL or whatever, and all this political stuff going on. And their their guest is like, you know, just play football, just play football. I mean, that's all people want. They just want to watch the game, you know, whatever. And one of the guys who's one of the, I can't remember what his name is. He's got a radio show too that he does after Fox Fox and Friends. But he's uh, 
he's like, well, I mean, they could, well, they should all be playing football. They should all be playing football. I mean, that is except for the New York Jets because they obviously don't know how to play football. Dude, how can you lose the starting quarterback, <laughs> the starting running back, the, the the NFL like the All Pro tight end? Uh, they're they're yep. starting uh, defensive lineman, you know, like who's All Pro defensive. Like the list goes on. Then so they lost their center, their center, and then the replacement center came in and they lost him. Still, and oh then they still again. Dude, it's just crazy. I mean, and I and I'm 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 an AFC East fan, obviously, being in New England. I'm gonna tell you, dude. I mean, the New York Jets have just been. It, I'll t- you and I it's have like talked about Browns. this before, the Browns are and, the same and I don't know way, if we've man. talked about it. Well, they are, but I mean, it's. You know, Jennifer and I, we were, you know, we were living in Long Island when I was on recruiting duty. So I would listen to sports radio in New York City. And, dude, I just don't know how anybody could possibly be successful within that market. Do you feel that way about the Giants? Because these people. At least the Giants have won a Super Bowl. That in, like, they in have, the last but dude, these years. people just eat their, <laughs> they eat their, dude, they eat their young. I mean, it is like the second that there's a blip on the radar screen, everybody in that area is just ready to just jump. Because the I hell will out say, when they had Sanchez and um, uh, what's his name, the coach, fuck, uh, the twin, he's a twin. Well, they had it was. Um, no, no, no. Oh, no. Uh, Mariachi. Uh, uh, he's 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 on he's on Fox Sports now, or ESPN. Uh, the coach, real big lot mouth coach. I'm trying he to was remember the coach when yeah. when uh, Mark Sanchez was there. Right. Oh. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to remember who it was because I mean the big thing the big thing was Parcells. yeah for the Giants, dude. You know Lawrence Taylor. Well, Parcells. Well, but but Parcells Parcells left New England. He had been the coach with the Giants. He came to New England. He was the coach here. He drafted Bledsoe, and didn't I'm he? sure you remember. Well, right, and um, the Pats were going to play in the Super Bowl against Green Bay. This was back in like 1998, I think, um, or or 90. Was it 98 or 97? Um, but the point being that the the team, the, you know, they're, they're headed to the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, a week out from the game, Bill Parcells announces to everybody. That and then that's the when Belichick was like. And that he's accepted to be the Jets head coach, right? Right. And it was like, uh, dude, you're a week away from the Super Bowl, and you just announced to your team and all of their loyal fans that you're leaving, and that you're going to go coach for their uh, their opposition. I mean, it was absolutely. I'm going to tell you right now, dude. In New England, it was like Bill Parcells better not show his face anywhere within these states because there will be blood. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what kind of a what kind of a head coach does that? 
it was it was has unconscionable the, has, the way has, that he handled that whole thing. Still made the Hall of Fame yet? I don't know, but he I would be shocked if he hadn't. If he hasn't made it, that was it's a travesty. I mean, he it's it's interesting oh I love the it way when he that, the Cowboys. Don't uh, get me wrong. Like I was like, well, it's 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 interesting how uh you know with with the coaching with coaching and. In the NFL, like uh, it's a, a tree of coaching. Of course, no, everyone's connected. Somehow, Absolutely. Somewhere. I mean, you look at, and again, you just mentioned Bill Belichick. You're- I mean, when you look at his pedigree, when you look at where he went to coach and who he, co- I mean, and he it- was a disciple of Bill Parcells. Yep, and then, and then. Uh, the West Coast guy, 49ers coach, uh, he's got his tree. Oh, uh, I know people are probably screaming at us right now. I know, Joe Montana, <laughs> Coach Joe Montana. I can't believe oh I can't remember God. his name. But we... uh, what the hell is his name? I can't believe I can't well, remember Well, because, because I'll tell you what. Uh, he was he was the guy that invented the West Coast offense. Of course, I can't think of his name, but like you can't say that you know, and you know, about Landry or Shula, like they don't have people. You know what I mean? Like, right. But the West Coast Forty ers coach, because oh, because Mariucci was one of his disciples, and so ah, oh, god damn it. I don't Hold on look one it up. second. I am right now oh, because fuck. I this I will bad. lose my mind. Uh, I can see his face, white hair. Like, uh, you know. I know, tan, I know. very tan. Always wore a cardigan. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. I... Uh, hold on. I know. Uh, forgive us, folks. No. We're, we're, we're nope. trying to. Our man card does to, it right now. We fucking fail. I, they are seriously, dude. Uh, oh, you like football? You can't even. Right, right. You know, Dan. Yep. No, uh, Bob. <laughs> God damn it! Just fucking say it. Just say it. Hold on. Oh my God! Come on. This is terrible. I know it's awful. I can't believe we're Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh, God damn. Yes. He was the head coach for uh he was the head coach for nine years. Yep. Yep. Seemed like it was longer than that. But yeah, no, he he was uh, he was a he was a, a like you say, he was a, a formative a formative coach in terms of his uh, his ability to be able to uh you know impress upon his subordinate coaches his his approach to coaching. And his view of how the game was played. I mean, you're going to see, dude, you're seeing, and you see the same thing right now. You see the same thing with, with, you know, you see the same thing with Parcells or not with Parcells with, with Belichick. Yeah. I mean, you see these coaches, I mean, especially in the modern game right now. I mean, unfortunately for many of these coaches, they haven't found success outside of the Patriots organization. But I mean, how many of these people have you seen leave, the Patriots organization organization as coaches and go off to other teams to accept 
uh, you know, Matt Patricia. Guess, guess he's probably the most recent one. Guess, you know, guess just, who was, he was uh, Parcells' uh, assistant coach uh, when he had the Cowboys? Who was that? The head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Oh, that's right. Yep. Right. Yeah. The tree continues. Yep. Exactly. It's and it just it's amazing. Can't how think that of his works. name either right now. Yeah. No, I mean it's <laughs> right. Because the card, our, our card's already been rescinded, dude. So it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter anyway. yeah. My Bobby don't pay no foosball. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Jason. What's up, dude? Hey, so text message of destiny. Text message of destiny. So, so who's the head coach of the New Orleans Saints? What? Sean Payton, man. There you go. What? Well, there it we're is. Talking, we're talking football right now. Uh, we're talking about the different coaches and their trees, right? So we were talking about Bill Walsh, but we couldn't remember who Bill Walsh. Their 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 pedigree. And Parcells was the uh, and uh, Sean Payton was Parcells' assistant coach in Dallas. Um, okay. And all the influence that like Belichick or Parcells um, that they've had within the league. Okay. So do I, you think do you think that Sean Payton is growing his tree of influence for the future coaches of the league? Dude, I love the Saints, but I'm just not a football geek like that, bro. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just not. <laughs> well, at least he's being honest. <laughs> yeah, there you go. At least he's being so, honest. So, Jimbo, uh, this is Jason Kale. Guitar. Up, I talked about a week ago. Oh, I up, talked brother? about his his album, right? And I was like, "Yeah, man, you were featured on our show." Yeah, yeah, dude, I appreciate it. And and it's very and cool. And so I I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to try him again. Uh, he was he was teaching lessons the last time I tried him. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, he answered the text message of death. There you yeah, go, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. Dude. yeah. So, nice to so, be here. So the, the way that this works, Jason, is that. Because you answered my text message of destiny, then Jimbo can ask you any question he wants and you have to answer. (laughs) About anything. anything. All right. But but Jim, I want to know where Jimbo, where are you from, bro? Maine. And he's in Maine right now. Yeah, we're doing this show. This is this is where we're nationwide. Like I'm freaking (laughs) I'm I'm up here in the north, man. I, I woke up this morning. And it was 35 degrees out. Yeah, that's stupid. I'm just, I'm just saying. It just is what it is. But it's gorgeous. You get up, it's, it's a little chilly in the morning. Leaves are turning. The air is clean. You just you, know, telling, the, you can tell me that all you want, but that just sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, get a little, get the little, get the fire going in the back. You it's mid 60s here, man, and I'm hating it. Oh, it's cold. It was oh, cold today. No, it was no, cold no, today. No. Yeah. No, anything no. below 60, dude, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Where are you? Where 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 you're in Virginia Beach, dude? Yeah. yeah, dude. I live just a few miles away from JB, actually, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta have thick blood to be up here, man. <laughs> you gotta have thick blood. Yeah, man. I'm a South Mississippi boy. And uh, oh shit. There yeah, you dude. go. Yeah, dude. It's like the 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 yeah, man. I don't I don't deal well with the cold. <laughs> yeah, man, he's not he's not rocking the Arctic, uh, the Arctic North. All no. right, so yeah. Jimbo, what what's your question? You can ask him okay. anything. What? I'll add, okay, just uh, nothing terribly embarrassing, what? except for except for what was your most embarrassing moment 
as a performing artist. Oh, oh man. The, the, the oh, most good. The, the, the worst one. I want to hear the worst okay. moment. Okay. Okay. Um, let me think which one I want to share. <laughs> Does it rhyme with boner? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, dude. That's too good. That is too good. <laughs> <laughs> um oh my goodness oh man most embarrassing one um <laughs> all right here you go here's one of them that's really damn funny so so in in the i was in the air force band just like jb's in the military navy and, band and jimbo band. jimbo was in the marine band oh okay yeah. so yeah. all right bro so we know how uptight everybody gets when you know oh it's a four star change of command or sword you know order the sword or some bullshit right and so like everybody's on edge and like dude we had this like i'm brand i'm like brand new to the air force i just come from the army and i'm brand new to the air force band and um and and like um it was an order of the sword ceremony, so it was a big deal. So what, what, okay. I don't know Can what you, that you, is. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. You got to you, you have to help everybody out who's listening to the show. What does that mean? What is the order of the sword? So it's the military. It's the Air Force's highest honor for like a four-star general, and and they normally happen when they when they retire, and uh, okay, and it's like. You know, people from all over and come and they present them with this huge, you know, this custom like, you know, saber and and it's just it's just one of those dog and ponies, right? It's another one of those dog. Is it like a is it like a is it like a broadsword or is it like a like a cavalry Cavalry kind of sword? Okay, and like so, like dude, you know, I I. I just kind of, when it came down to those dog and ponies type shows, dude, I was just like, oh, Lord. You know, I would just suck it up. And I mean, I, it, it yeah. doing those kind of shows were never a lot of fun, but I could always remind myself this beats roofing. So, <laughs> um, and, and coincidentally, he's a roofer right now because, no. <laughs> especially when you be lifting piano, oh, man, bro. that is the worst. I was a combat engineer in the army before I was in a bandsman. So I know what it's all about, but, but dude, so we had rehearsed this stupid, horrible show. I mean, it was like all the horrible basic stuff like god bless the usa you know and stuff like that and then like it was like this 10 minute show but one of the songs was gonna like they were like jay uh he requested us to play um oh gosh another one bites the <laughs> no it was like it was like some... i've been at that I've, I've been at that i've been at that ceremony i played oh, yeah ceremony. right man no man, it was like it was like a Joe Walsh tune. I can't remember which one. Oh god. But it was like Funk 49 or something like that. There right? you go. James Gang. Yeah. Let's just let's just say that. And and we, so anyway, okay. we were going to start off this show with that song, you know, with with you know, young 24 25-year-old Jason 
you know, playing the opening riff of it. Right? We've been rehearsing this shit till I was like, I, I was so over it. And uh, we get up to play it, dude. And like at that time, I was playing like an Ibanez with a Floyd Rose and crap. Yes. And oh, yeah. uh, you had a shredding yeah, rig. Yeah, dude. I had the shredding rig. And like, dude, like the very first note I played, the 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 string popped, like the A string, the most important one because it's an A. And, right. and dude, it popped and the whole guitar <laughs> went out of tune. Mm. Oh, no. Bro, mm. bro. Yeah. So you so, so you so you turned into Jeff Beck and everything just became an exercise. Yeah. <laughs> or it just you now it's a jazz bro, game. Bro, it was just it was just yeah, there was no you know, I went and quickly got another guitar, but yeah, that was how we opened up the Order of the Sword show. <laughs> yes. That is great. It's great. <laughs> I'll tell you another oh, good one. Oh my man. god. Um a story from the road we were doing uh i was in the army and i was in the army band and uh well i don't know if this is something i should you're uh, you're retired yeah we were playing for a secretary of defense man and and uh my supervisor and i we had gone Well, wait. Are we wait still for it? What? Wait for it. Tampa Bay. Yeah. And uh and and dude, we went out before and we just we got you know, hammer fun, great night. I met up with one of my music buddies. I used to college. He was a sound engineer, so he, so back to four o'clock. We needed to be down in the lobby to get on the bus to go to this formation by like 7.30 or something crazy or 7. So anyway, we wake up and uh, my, my supervisor is like, dude, chill, I'm going to take a shower, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wake, you out, wake you up when I get out to shower, man. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, man. Thank you. Well, next thing I know is like I'm, I get this phone call. And um, it's one of our buddies. He's like, hey, guys, where are y'all at, man? The bus is getting ready to leave in like five minutes, man. And oh, dude, no. I was like, what? And I look at my watch, and it was like 7.10, you know, and we need to be down there by 7.15. And so I run into the rest of the bathroom, and my supervisor's passed out on the toilet with his pants down around his ankles, taking a dump. And then, <laughs> <laughs> we okay so just for a side note for all the fans who are out there listening to the show, <laughs> we all we all have these yep. stories yeah <laughs> man we that that is yeah but those are the stories you remember man and you laugh i mean you're stressed <laughs> out like you cannot believe you know but it's just that's what I oh my stuff, god I, think. I, I love that stuff <laughs> all right <laughs> that's like yeah because that's like the that's that's the peak behind the curtain, yeah because dude, Jason, you know it's like all this and all your this, gigs now you, you'd all be all taking the... selfies with the guy you know passed out taking a shit you know 
like five minutes before the gig and this oh. is what's happening. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. No, it's just, it, it's just funny because like I say, it's like, you know, folks have, folks have, I, I, at least I think they do. They have this sort of, Th- this image of like what military music is and it is all of that it is all those things but it's like with anything that has to do with the performing arts man it's like there's like you get a peek behind the curtain of all the nonsense that happens yeah, man. that nobody ever sees and you're like that's the real shit yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's what really yeah, happens literally you know? the real shit um, the real shit exactly. so, but that's, that's uh, what makes it fun and you know, and you got to like, I think that, that it's all part of like, even when I was a combat engineer, you know, we do stupid things, but that was all part of like, I think just doing, doing things that we're just having fun, man. And, well, and that's, yeah. that's kind of how you get through all the crap and all the. Well, it's like, a, it's like a guy that I knew years ago, man. He was in the Marine band, you know, he was in the Marine Corps band. And he decided that he wanted to lap move. He wanted to go to a different job. So he went and got a job with freaking explosive ordnance disposal. Okay. You know, blowing, blowing up bombs and all this crazy right. stuff, which is an insane, insane job. Right. But he was super amped about it. Super amped. And he uh, apparently I heard about this like third person or whatever, but that apparently once he got to his unit and he went, he had gone through all the training and everything gets to his unit. They took his saxophone and packed it full of C4 <gasps> and just nuked oh, it. Like my God. Yes. Nuke. Nuked his instrument because they were like, you are not in the band anymore. You are officially, right? you're officially anointed. Seems, yeah, I'm like, kind of stuff, oh my God. I mean, God. that's horrible. It's horrible. But dude, that's funny as hell. <laughs> I love it. Jesus. I love that kind of stuff. Blast, blasted your freaking instrument to smithereens dude. with freaking C4. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Oh my and, God. Yeah, that was, these yeah. are the stories we have. Dude, these are the you know these are the things that have made us who we are. Oh yeah, man. Well, and and you know like we were talking a week ago about the decision for you, and I was explaining to Jimbo like you were handing out tickets uh, to to be for for audience members to be a part of your live show, and I was like, dude, like you know we did a live show, but we didn't really like me and Anthony and the Conks. You know, we're like, hey, listen. We're putting this as a live show album, but there was no, it, it was super like low key. Whereas you yeah. were like, no, yeah. we're recording an album and it's going to be live. And I want like members to know that we're recording this album. I was, and I was like, dude, the balls that it takes um, to, to, to do that because you have this room full of people that are just staring at you and they know that they're, you know, as an audience, that they know that this is going to go on vinyl, like the vinyl is vinyl, right? <laughs> yep. And and to perform for all the band members, it doesn't matter. It's like, fuck, it's live. I'm like, holy shit, that's the f- ballsiest move I've ever. That's like a snarky puppy type thing, is what I compared it to. You know? Well, that's, um, that's right. That's, sure. Tell me, what, why did you, why did you think of that? Like, what what was your 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 thinking behind that? The mantra, snarky puppy. Okay. <laughs> well there you go uh, I, I and I mean I, I just I 
you know, we had been playing all those new songs that we recorded. We'd been playing them out for a little while, you know, a couple of months, and we already we already had them, and you know, and and every time we play out, we we do something different. We we you know something will happen, and it's and there's magic in it, and and then sometimes you know sometimes it's not magic. Sometimes it's a you know not a train wreck because I mean the musicians that I play with, we all know how to kind of cover each other's asses you know um right but um and we i don't know this the the team i have man of band members the team is just awesome and we're we're always listening to each other and that's why it's it was comfortable to do that and and we're all listening and we know we got each other's backs and we know that no matter where anybody goes we're going to follow whoever's kind of in charge at the time you know whoever's got the part that is, you know, the most significant, you know, whether it be somebody soloing or a rhythm part or me screwing up a vocal line or yeah. coming in wrong or well, whatever. Dude, I'll tell you, man, and and I, I think I've told you this before and I was talking to like the last episode, like it's like, hey, you know, throughout the album, I'll suggest like, hey, listen to this track. And I think I posted the video that I, re- that I recorded of, of us. Um, we, Jason and I got to share uh, a venue, Ele- Elevation 27, locally. Um, what you say, what you say, what you say. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. But dude, like, that's, yeah, that's, dude, that song is fucking, it's so fun. Um, I love it, dude. Dude, I can, I can, that's how many times I've listened to that song, man. Like, I love it. Wow. Thanks. That to me, that, that song, not, not to discredit any of the other songs, but for me, that song is like, man, this dude can fucking write some tunes, man. Like, well, thanks, JB. Yeah, dude. That's, that's really, that's really cool, man. Oh, dude. That's like, that's very so, cool. It's it's so worth checking out, you know, um, for anyone that's listening. Like, totally, what you say on Jason's new album? Um, we posted the video, the live video of him performing it, which I I love. Like with a band like yours, you know, with a band like ours, like that that I'm in, like the live stuff is where it's really really things yeah, happen. There's moments happen. And that's why I'm so happy yeah. like that 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 release was a, a live album, you know what I mean? And- yeah, man. I it was the chance. I when when I decided to to do it, I I'm not gonna lie, man, up until I got it in the studio from the tracks, I was just like, this could be a huge waste of money and effort, and uh this might be horrible and a horrible idea. But you know, the, the engineers at Sonicwall, Joe Talley and Steve Sancliffe, they're fantastic. And and they were like, dude, this sounds like awesome. It's something that we've always wanted to do. And, um, you know, and, and so they, man, the whole, there was a, there was a lot of people that helped put that thing together. And then the producer that I was working with, Jim uh, Perocco, a uh, fantastic guy who's worked in the music industry, produced several different people, Bootsy Collins to, I mean, it's just name one, you know, but wow. he's, he's, he's worked with like lots of, lots of big people, man. And, 
Um, and he kind of has taken me underneath his wing, man. He really likes my music and likes the writing and, and he's kind of likes that, that funk fusion jazz kind of stuff, you know? And, and so he's like, dude, Wait for it. We still there. Wait for it. Wait. He's like, what? He's like, what? In five. In five. <laughs> what's, what's great? In five. Like, there he, is. Okay. he let me go oh, into the studio go. and mix for three or four days. <laughs> so what's what, what's funny was that you, you went away for like three what's seconds. Up? So we're like, wait for it. Wait for it. And he's back. <laughs> oh. but, and, and so the producer is super happy to work with you and and like can you talk to us about your like when when you guys do new songs because i've talked with jimbo online on how, on how anthony likes to do things but um how do you craft songs or and how do you introduce them to your band and then put them out there okay um so like for instance i mean I we don't really rehearse. Uh, I I I will come up with an idea, and and uh, when I when I have an idea that I really want to have the band play, I'll just lay down in my studio. I'll lay down. I'll lay down a, a just kind of a a basic guitar track with rough vocals. Um, I'll even put in like little cues. I'll even say like, here's where I want a drum fill or a stop time or, you know, play through here in this section or whatever. And then I will write out a chart with all the syncopated stuff that I want. If I want, if there are lines that I want people to play with me, then I'll write all that stuff out on a nice chart. And then um, all the chords and all that stuff, that way everybody has kind of a, a roadmap. Um, I give that to them like, a week or two ahead of time, I come up with a, a day that we can get together and run it through. And from there, like we might tidy up some stuff or change a beat or even change some of the form of the song um, to where it feels good. Um, we'll run it through maybe one or one to three times, depending on the complex uh, complexity of the song. And then uh, I record a reference track. And I have a Google Drive with all my charts, all my reference tracks, everything for the band members. And um, and that way we can always reference it. And then we just go play it live. And we allow the song to grow itself. Um, I, I try not to – I try to let things happen organically. And, uh, you know – there are always times probably, you know, a lot like Anthony probably does with y'all. I want to just sit here on this chord or, or hell, he might even say, you know, I want to go to the four chord here and sit on that, you know, for a little while. Oh yeah. It's crazy, and man. I go back and listen to uh, the first time that on video on YouTube, that long Island sound is recorded to what we do, you know, well, what we do now, you know what I mean? Right. And it's like, holy shit like and you 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 formulate ideas and you you know it's like because the i will tell you the first time that we we performed long island sound i played a lot of that shit on harmonica and then i switched to saxophone and then like anthony was like yes that's the sound you know what i mean and so yeah. then we kept it that way and then 
even what I play, what Anthony plays, what Paul plays, you know, like it's, it's all the evolution has changed. And what's cool is like, you know, Jimbo is starting to, he's starting a band with all his high school buddies. It's called Photon. Photon. Nice. And, and, and they have originals. And it's like, you know, what's y'all's process, Jimbo? So that. Um, I mean, the way that we've been doing it is we've been generally the, the primary songwriter is my buddy, Justin, who's the lead singer, um, uh, plays guitar and he will, you know, he'll put together a tune. He'll record all of the stuff on Ableton and he'll put in, you know, sort of, uh, mock drum tracks, mock bass tracks, whatever, and he'll, uh, you know, he'll sit, he'll actually send that to us. We, we actually utilize uh, signal as a, you know, uh, communication device. So like, that's how we're, we're talking. And that's all the an app, texting. right? It's an app. And we have, like you were saying, Jason, he uses a, he uses a, a Google drive. Yeah. So he'll, he'll drop the stuff into a Google drive and, you know, give us a chance to listen to the songs, whatever, become familiar with the song form. And uh, based on that, we'll make, you know, we'll actually get together and make decisions about exactly what we want to play. I mean, a lot of it really does devolve to him. I mean, I know that we, we've, these, these are guys that I've known for 30 plus years, uh, which is awesome because it really means that there's no, it leaves out a lot of guesswork. I'll put it that way because I've known these guys for so long and I've played with them for so long that when right. we get together to play, I can anticipate what they're going to do. That's right. Um, man. And one of the nice things about it is that because we've known each other for so long, uh, there's, there's no egos or anything. I mean, he, you know, Justin as the primary songwriter, he puts this stuff together. Uh, and I'm very, I'm, I'm very, uh, conscientious of that because I know based on the demos that he's sending us what he's looking for. And so I'm trying to play something and I know, you know, there's, there's a sort of a mutual respect that's there. Uh, I mean, he knows he knows sort of what i'm gonna do and you know whenever there's a question i mean if i have an idea or something like that i'll ask him i'll say hey man you know like i'm thinking about doing this thing do you like that idea you know uh and generally speaking he'll be like yeah man yeah totally absolutely like that's that's i'm I'm totally down with with you doing that um so, like I say, we'll usually we'll usually go through that process. We'll get the demo. We'll figure out the song forms. We'll get together. We'll rehearse it um, just so that we can all figure out what we're gonna what we're all doing. Uh, my buddy Mike plays lead guitar, and so they'll work. That there's a lot there's a lot of work that happens in that respect because you've got two guitars going on. And they'll be trying to figure out, okay, well, who's going to play this part? I'll play, I'll play that. You play this other thing. Do you want me to try to harmonize this thing that you're playing? Um, so, like I say, it's it's really cool. I mean, we're able to do that. Well, ultimately, what we'll end up doing is once we've all sort of figured out what we're doing, what our individual parts are, uh, we'll get together and we'll record what we refer to as sort of a hard demo. Right. Um, it's not it's not a finalized version of the it's you know not a finalized 
recording of the right. song. Because once the producer gets involved, it's like, yeah, I don't like that. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> it, it's just it's a working, it's a it's a solid working version. And the thing is, is that we're not, you know, at, at the. I'll tell you because this is just to give you a little bit of background for me. It was like, you know, I came, I retired from the Marine Corps in February and I came home man. in March. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. You know, but we came, we came home, we came back here in March and a week after we got here, this whole COVID thing. Hit. Right. And it was like, okay, well, you know, when, when can we get together? Does everybody feel safe getting together? Um, and so as far as like recording, like legitimately recording or even going, I mean, we're all in the same boat and JB and I have talked about this ad nauseum, you know, we're as performing artists, we're all in this position right now where we're not playing live. So for us, at least for the time being, that's not even an option that's on the table because we have no idea when that's going to become a real thing again. Oh, no, man. Um, so for right now, it's just about us refining what we're doing and trying to get it down. Uh, I think for us, I mean, it's not just about the music for us. It's really about we're having we're having real conversations about what kind of a band do we want this to be? Because it's not the Justin Boss show. I mean, that's mm-hmm. despite the fact that he's the main the main songwriter and everything. This isn't his show. This is our thing. So what what are the things that we want to do when the time comes to play live that we feel will sort of set us apart yeah. from other, you know, other acts that are out there? What are the things that, that we would like to do live that are going to be memorable to people who are there watching it, who are going to say, wow, that was really cool and tell their friends, hey, man, you know, I saw these guys and their their name was Photon or whatever. Right. Um that becomes almost a sort of a marketing thing. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, but these are things that we have to, and we all consider. Yeah. Cause, we have because to. the industry for better or worse has changed. Like regardless. Yes. It, it is, has, no, it has changed. It will. It, and people have to really, really buckle down and figure out like, okay, how, how am I going to do this for a living? You know, like, and, for a lot of people, uh, you know, they can teach lessons or they can't teach right. lessons, uh, yep. acoustic gigs versus non-acoustic gigs, because it, 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 for depending on where you live as a musician dictates how you're going to navigate through yeah. the, the new, right. The yeah. new, new. Well, the- I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something, man. We, I had a very brief conversation with a buddy of mine. Uh, Larry Bethune, who was he was the I think the vice president of uh, I can't remember what it was. He 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 worked at Berkeley College of Music for decades. Um, And I went to Berkeley way back before I joined the Marine Corps and all that stuff. Uh, So he and I, you know, we came to know each other, whatever. And I had mentioned something about because my anniversary was last week. And I had posted this thing on Facebook saying, you know, that I had come home, bless you, you. uh, that I had come home from band rehearsal. And he saw that and he was like, oh, you know, I saw that thing about coming home from band rehearsal. And he was sort of talking about his own experience where, you know, as a performer, he had just gotten to this point where he was so burnt out on this idea. Like people were so 
you know, it was about getting a record contract and it was about, you know, money and, and all of this stuff. And he was talking about how just in the past few years, uh, a guy that he knew had approached him and said, hey, you know, I got this band. Would you be interested in joining? And his first knee jerk reaction was like, no, I like I'm just I, I'm not all about doing that. But then he realized that this group is they're a cover band and they only play charity events like they're not out there to make money. They're there. They're there to have fun. Yeah, man. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that as professionals, um, you know, you realize that, uh, you know, a lot of folks who are out there playing have a side gig of some kind, whatever it may be. Maybe you're given le- lessons. Maybe you're roofing. Like for me, I work at a boatyard, man. I'm retired and I work at a boatyard, like basically, you know, working on outboard motors and all this stuff during the day. I mean, that's, I'm, I, I, I'm retired. So yeah, I have the benefits of all that. Um, but the guys that I play with, they have full-time jobs. I mean, these are guys that are out, you know, they, they're working nine to five and playing with the band is something it's, they don't need it. It's not like, Oh my God, if I don't have this, then like, what am I going to do? Um, I mean, the, the, I I was just going to iterate really quick, man. I don't mean to interrupt you at all, Jim. No, no go, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, I, I remember as a young man, I had, I had two instances, man, that were kind of like, they happened within 10 years of each other because, you know, being in a military band, dude, um, you know, you get to play with different people. Like I've, I've yeah. gotten to play with some fantastic artists and I've, I, I had, you know, a few times it's been like, dude, can you go on tour with me? Can you do this? Right. Can you do this with me? And I'm like, no, I can't. <clears throat> you feel like, yep. like, oh my God, you know, what am I doing, doing this band thing with the military and, and I should be out doing that, you know, something else. But one of my first years in the, in the, when I, when I reclassed and, and I got into the army band, um, I went to Atlanta to go hear Steve Vai play. And, 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 and dude, you know, Mike Keneally is one of my favorite guitar players. You know, he was the last, one of the last guitar players with Frank Zappa and he's just a hell of a, just an all around composer and musician. And, and uh, to be honest with you, I was more excited about seeing Mike Keneally than, than Vi. And, and, uh, right. and Mike, we got there early, me and my buddies, because we're geeks like that. And we tried to meet them. Right. And uh, we did, we got to hang out with Mike Keneally for about 45 minutes. He talked to us about music and the industry. And this was back in 2001. No, wow. 2000. Yeah. In 2000, and uh, you know, as a E4, <laughs> you know, here I was, and 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 he was just, we were just talking about, you know, salaries, and you know, yeah. and he's like, dude, you, you make better money than I do, you know, yeah. and and sure, this guy's been on all kinds of albums, produced all kinds of albums, and I, and then I had another experience. Um, with uh, the guitar player for Jason Aldean, Jack Sizemore. And uh, he and I did a USO tour together. And I was living in Germany and we, we, we were wrapping up the last show at Rammstein Air Base. And uh, he and I became really fast friends and good friends. And we're still good friends today. And uh, he came over to my house and 
I took him out to eat some schnitzel and have some German beer. And, oh, I love schnitzel. And, yeah, <laughs> man. And, and, and uh, he came into my, my studio room and he's like, oh, shit, you have a Paul Reed Smith hollow body too? Because I had to sell that to pay my rent in Nashville for two months. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and he was like, and I was telling him, and I admired him, you know, and he was just like, dude, you know, I could go back in time, you know, um, I, I, I would do exactly what you're doing, you know? Right. And oh yeah. I, I think it's, I, man, you know, I, you, you're, you're talking about bands having fun and stuff. And I think for the first time in my life, like with that, with this new album, JB, it's like, it's the first time I hear myself actually having fun on a CD playing music, man. And I'm with this band, because I do have that retirement, because I do have a little bit of, of you know, I have a little, and I teach, you know, and that helps. And um, but I have something to fall back on, man. I get to have fun, and I and and I get to let this thing kind of happen organically, the way it probably should happen, without being forced, without anything being forced, and. Well, and I think that's I think that's sort of my point is that yeah, man, that's it's it's performing without expectation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You man. know that it's it's not that we're doing this because we're trying to get to this place. That's well, right. It's I, I, it's because I will say though, uh, after hearing Jason's band, I have an expectation. Like there, I think there's a point that that you you come to where the, that there's an expectation that that you're you know, there like your fans, like there's an expectation and, you know, I, I don't envy that pressure, whether it's with Anthony or with Jason as, you know, Jason Caliban, Anthony Rosano and the Conquerors, like there, there's a, there, there becomes, and I will say when, when you get to that point, there becomes an expectation. Uh, and, and right. And, and there's, there's been countless times, even with like the Foo Fighters, Right. Yeah. It's it's on the documentary. Like, OK, is is this one album a shot in the dark or can this dude really write lyrics? You know, the the other band members are like talking about that, about Dave Grohl. Can you right. really do this or not? Yeah. There becomes. an yeah. expect- and, and I think that's with all of us is is like the expectation of like. Past the favorite songs of the fans, like for me yes like yes. on jason's band no 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 pressure like to me like my favorite song's what you say well then when he writes the next thing what's going to replace that song mm-hmm. that he performs for for me right uh or am i gonna leave like it's like well but it, you know but it's then, like this... then I'll, be, I'll show up to a gig and like play what you say play it that's yeah. my favorite yeah. play it but that was, you know, that was like I was telling you about that documentary that I had seen. Um, it wasn't even a documentary. It was on YouTube. It was a video. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, be be the producer or something like that. They were talking to the guy who was the producer for Super Unknown. Yeah. Uh, and he yeah. was, you know, he was talking about how, you know, when they were getting into this process that he was working with, um, what's his name? Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. And that, you know, Chris Cornell was sending him all of these demos of these songs and they were garbage. And this guy was like, dude, what the fuck? 
you know, like, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> and, right. and he, that's funny. And he, and, and, and like, he ends up, he ends up like sitting down and having this conversation with Chris Cornell and everything you're talking about, JB, is exactly what Chris Cornell was saying. He's like, I feel like there's this expectation after Super Unknown, or I mean, after Bad Motorfinger, right. that, that you know, I have to live up to this expectation. What if the fans don't like it? You know, whatever. And this guy was, you know, he just sat him down. He's like, Chris, you are, you are Soundgarden. The fans are going to love whatever you do. Just write from the heart, write yeah, what you man. really feel like That's writing. Right. And he talks about how the first song that he came to him with after they had this conversation was Black Hole Sun. Mm. Yep. And he hears this demo and he's like, holy shit. Like, this is an unbelievable composition. This is Beatlesque in its construction, you know, right. just the whole thing, you know, and it, it's it, like you're saying, it's it's about as an artist about being true, yeah, and man. doing what you feel is right, and it's not a matter of what people are telling you you should be doing or that you need to be doing. Like, well, you need to do this thing. No, just do and, you. And I, some of my some, and I said this last Monday. Some of my favorite times have have been like we've got something cooking in the kitchen and we've rehearsed it in the garage and Anthony's garage and like Anthony was like, Hey man, let's, let's pull up this song on a gig, you know? And then we're like, are, are you sure? He's like, yeah, let's just fucking do it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it happens, happens, but just to get a reaction from the crowd, like, Hey, is, is our fandom going to like this? Topic? Right. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, yeah, I think if you're writing from the heart, like, like you know, all those all the songs that I've been writing with, at least the Jason Kale band, you know, those are it's the first time I think I've ever, I don't know, I, I've written a few songs that I know I still do and I still love that I know are true, you know. But yeah. I went through a time period when I was living in California and I was dabbling in music licensing for TV and film with a songwriting partner, and we had a manager. And um, I was doing some stuff for like, some, I don't know, just this guy that placed music on like soap operas and stuff like that. And uh, and dude, I kind of lost myself because, yeah. hey, can you sound more like the Goo Goo Dolls or can you, can yeah. you make this sound song sound more like Coldplay or <laughs> And dude, I yeah. seriously lost myself. And, and, and I, 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 I might have, I've, I've said that before. I think I might have said that before on the, on the show is like, yeah, if you no, want absolutely. that, then hire them. If you hire yep. me to record on your album, then I'm going to give you me. Yeah, man. We're not going to take the gig. Yeah. Well, for no, me, for sure. Yeah. I, it was a growing process for me and there was some growth in that. Um, and it was challenging and it was fun to kind of, try to write a song that's kind of similar to this or that, you know, but right. it, it's still, you know, I lose, you lose the point of why you're doing what you're doing though. You're doing it sure. to express yourself. You're doing it to create art. That's original. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. No, not absolutely. Some prefab bullshit formula. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, no, absolutely. So on Mondays, it's new music Monday. 
music and, Monday. And it can be brand new music or it can be stuff that you refound. So, Jimbo, what do you got since you made me go on Thursday? Dude, I, I freaking, uh, I was just introduced to this band, started up, uh, they're originally from Boston. Um, Is the name of the band called Boston? The, uh, no. no. <laughs> okay, good. Um, uh, but so this is a band that was originally out of Boston in 2012. They went, uh, they're out of New York City right now. Uh, a band called Gorilla Toss. Mm. It is some pretty way out stuff, man. <laughs> gorilla it Toss? Is, uh, it is, it is. No, you don't. Gorilla think. Toss. Okay. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's referred to. It's 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 uh, described as art rock, new wave, no wave, noise rock. <laughs> it is some pretty original material. Uh, my buddy Justin, like I say from uh, from my band, had pulled up this pulled up this tune, and he was playing it for us the other day. I thought almost uh, almost Mr. Bungalesque. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I listened to them. Today. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a huge Bungle fan. Me too. Like, Mike the, the band, I, dude, the, and 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 we and I had shared that I had shared uh, the single that Mr. Bungle released. This is a few weeks ago. Uh, Raping your mind, which is going to be is off there is Bungle's original EP from way back in the day. And you know now that they've stood the band back up with uh, Scott Ian. And, no way. Um, Oh yes, yeah, Scott Ian and oh. Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Let's not dude, are dude, playing with You're them. getting in Jason's whoa whoa right now. Come on now. I'm getting into. I'm obviously getting in his wheelhouse. Do you know yeah, Jason? Uh, Jason, do you know who Stormtroopers of Death is? Yes. Oh no. Oh yeah. He knows. He knows he's, who Sergeant. He's he in is. the initiative. Yeah, yes, exactly. Oh no. yeah, man. I. Yep. I'm. I'm. Uh. Yeah. The reason I play guitar is because of metal. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and man. then i got my no, butt kicked fan. at a jazz club and then i was like oh yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're like you're like oh so this is the other half yeah dude. <laughs> but yeah so my 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 uh my my artist for for new music monday is gorilla toss i'll i'll share a uh, the, a selection on the web page on uh spotify yes gorilla yeah toss. man it's it's pretty crazy stuff, man. So, what's yours, Jay? Right, mine is, and, and you know, I'm I'm a a little embarrassed that it took this long to actually uh, listen to, but the producer on our our Anthony Rosano and the Conquerors last album, Mike Zito, had released uh, an album. It was a rock and roll, a tribute to Chuck Berry, uh, uh, from Mike Zito. Rock and roll, but the people that he like Walter Trout, Joe Bonamassa, Anders Osborne, Eric Gales, like Sonny Landra, wow. Tinsley Ellis, like star studded. Yeah. Like Jimmy Vivana Vivino, like Kent Anderson, Albert Castilia. Like I could go on. But like I was like, you know what? I like Chuck Berry. Um you know, obviously, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame guitarist and songs like he can write some fucking songs, right? But like this album, I'm like, 
holy shit. Yeah. And Zito, like, he's the producer on the album, produced a, a badass album. And, 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 you know, people are like, okay, like, what? Chuck Berry, Johnny Be Good, right? No, Maybelline. Mm, you yep. know, uh, badass song. Um, School Days, another badass song. My, my <laughs> dingling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That that song with Ken, Kid Anderson on on guitar is amazing. Um and then of course like back in the USA with with Eric Gales if if y'all don't know who Eric Gales is please look him up on the interwebs because that nice. man Yeah, Eric Gales is one of my Yeah, I, <laughs> I love him, man. I've been a huge fan of his for a long time, man. Yeah, that man uh knows him and his wife are are sweet people too man yeah of course i've talked to them several several times and yeah man so so what do you got very cool man do you have any new music that you've been into or and and here's the rules something old that that you've rediscovered um oh my god i've been listening to a lot of different things um i i will tell you you know you kind of said that, you know, JB, that you haven't listened to and, and, you know, to, to, um, oh gosh, uh, dang, man. Anyway, I want to just talk about an old that I don't know why it took me so long to get around to hearing this thing. Larry Coriel, Fairyland. Oh yeah, and he just passed away. Like, was it's been three years now? Uh, yeah, I I yeah, don't I think know that much about Larry Coriel, man. To be honest, yeah, he passed away about three years ago. I think, and you know, what's cool is like right after I left Navy Band Great Lakes, Navy Band Great Lakes performed a jazz band gig with him. Wow, he's an amazing guitarist, dude. Like, huh? That's very very cool. Yeah. Very cool. This is an album called Fairyland, and it's no joke, bro. It's like four songs, and it's all like groove-based jazz fusion that is just out of this world, dude. And it's a uh, yeah, and it's just crazy sound. I, I yeah, and I listen to some of his other stuff, you know, too. And um, but it's just listen to that album, Fairyland. And it's 1971, and you're like, what the hell is going yeah, on? And I man. like that kind of fusion. Yeah. The late 60s, 19, you know, early 70s are my favorite time period of music. Yeah. Well, make sure send uh, make sure send JB uh, like a link, like a YouTube link or something to it so we can sure. share it on the page. Yeah, yeah, or, of course. Yeah, we, we like no, to, that would we be like totally to awesome. put those things online so our <laughs> listeners – can explore can new avenues. Out, man. There's, there's, there's no, more to music and life than pop. Right? No, absolutely. <laughs> hey, before we, uh, be- before we, before we close out the show, I want to, I want to give a shout out to the now late Lee Kerslake, the drummer. I d- did not even know who he was, but the, uh, the original drummer uh, on Crazy Train. Oh wow! Ozzy really? Osbourne off of Blizzard, Blizzard of Oz, fortieth anniversary. Fortieth anniversary was released just the other day, forty years ago. 
Uh, Lee was the drummer and played the infamous vibra slap mm. for uh, for crazy. So uh, yeah, yeah, and, pretty intense. I just want to give him a shout out. And Jason, give us your website address. Put that out there. Yeah, man, JasonKaleMusic.com. And uh, yeah, the the new album, the Jason Kale Band. You can find it all all over the place Very. for download Very and streaming cool. and all that good stuff. Or you can download it off my site. So on cool. on your website, is there a digital download? Yep, that yep. Can... There's a digital download on my website. Sure is. And, and you know what? Uh, for all of our listeners, download it from his website because yes, the money please. goes directly. To yeah, him. dude. If yes. if you if you do it through any other Spotify, whatever, he gets minimal to zero, or even through iTunes, which is easy. Then there's a cut that iTunes takes. So if yeah, you want to support Jason, please go to his website and get it from him directly from his website. Yeah. Very, very cool. All right, cool. Hey, well, listen, Jason, awesome having you as a guest today. It's totally awesome conversation. (laughs) Totally glad that you responded to the text message of destiny. (laughs) Yeah, man. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Nice to meet you over the phone, Jimbo. Surely, surely. And for the folks out there, hey, listen to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, tell your family, tell your friends. Thursday is the last thing you watched on YouTube, so we'll find something really interesting. Later, guys. All right, later. Bye.